Welcome to Becoming Church, the podcast where we discuss how the message and movement of Jesus is not just about becoming Christians, but about becoming the church. I'm your host, Kristen Mockler-Young, and I'm so glad you are joining the conversation. Hey friends, welcome back to Becoming Church. Today I'm here with another podcaster, Joey Sensen from Pastor With No Answers a show that's focused on love and listening rather than polarizing and canceling. Thanks for sitting in the other seat and joining me today, Joey. I love the other seat. I honestly, cause I just kind of get to chill and just nice. sit down and take in the questions. It really That'll is be- fun. I, I really do like being guests on other podcasts. It's just, fun you think because- it's easier than hosting? Oh yeah. Oh, oh. for sure. Yeah. Cause I'm See, just, I'm like just wait, I'm waiting on your lead. You know, you're, you're in charge. <laughs> I, I just get to sit here and, and see how you do. <laughs> That's There you go. You can rate me at the end. There let me know. <laughs> well, I was, I know that you know Naeem. And so there's a little bit of history there, but yeah. I was intrigued by your show when I saw what it was all about. It's got kind of a similar vein um, as Becoming Church. And you have a line where it says that you're embracing the mystery of God over the madness of systematic theology. Talk to me about that shift in thinking for you. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was, the question was whether or not I would still be a Christian. I think that oftentimes, and I'm going to, I'm going to use some real generalizations like words and stuff, but evangelicals in general, Uh I think they have this all confusing and they're, they're confused because I, I grew up just like, like whatever you think of as a stereotypical fundamentalist church boy, that was me like tried and true. I mean, just, and, you know, basically with, with, with faith change, I think a lot of people don't realize it's, it's very scary. You don't choose it. It's something that oftentimes we resist because we're like, what do we do with this? And I, it's, it's tough being seen as a rebel, honestly, because mm-hmm. I know my heart and it's like, oh, this has nothing to, to do with, with rebelliousness or anything like that. But honestly, for me, it just, it, it's kind of a practical deal. If, if God always existed right there, nobody understands nobody. Yeah but then we're going to systematize God. <laughs> right. We don't even know this. We don't know how things started for crying out loud. I mean, yeah. I don't know about you, but I can't wrap my mind around living forever. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, I, there are a lot I, of things that I don't understand. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So I, I honestly want, I, I don't know how to approach faith any other way. And I, I went the systematic theology route and the seminary route and, and all of that. And it's, it's crazy. There really is this major effort to systematize theology and, and make it to where you can't argue against anything. Yeah. And that's just not how things are supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you think about the apostle Paul and nobody convinced him. Oh, and I love this too. Cause a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, you can't, base your faith on an experience. And I, I understand that, but we don't have the apostle Paul without an experience. Like yeah. you think someone could go up to him and show him some theology. He's like, yeah, I think I'll stop killing Christians now. That's you're right. I mean, <laughs> his whole faith is based on an experience. I mean, well, so- we negate people's experiences with a God who still talks to us and speaks to us today. If we say that it's not experiential, it absolutely right. has to be right. part of the story. So you said, you said a faith change. And in my mind, as I'm air quoting, I'm hearing deconstruction, which I know can be a buzzword. Is that what you're thinking? Do you, how do you like, do you stay away from that term? No, I don't because, because people know what, what we're talking about. It's, it reminds me of back in the late nineties, I was a big emo fan and it was, that word just got so annoying, but you knew what we were talking about when you said emo. So, but yeah, with, um, as, as far as as far as that label, I just, so for me, it is when I think about deconstruction, let me see how I can frame this up. Hmm. (laughs) So when you, when you think about when someone accepts faith, especially Mm -hmm. in like an American culture, 
they they're already set up to approach the Bible a certain way. So I'll give you an example. When I was brought up to believe that people that accept Christ go to heaven and people that don't, they, they go to hell. And so when I approached scripture and I saw those hell verses, that all made sense to me. It's like, okay, yeah. that makes sense. I, that's what I was taught. It's, if it's, it's the framework. Conf it's confirming it. But then when I read stuff like, not only does God uh, forgive us, but also the sins of the whole world, not, you know, verses like in Adam, we all died, but in Christ, we will all be made alive. Those are the verses where I was like, well, it can't, it can't mean that because I already know this other stuff. So we all, we all come to the table with biases because we were, we're kind of taught what we're supposed to believe in the first place. And so once that stops working, like once, and and this isn't a knock on anyone that still buys into systematic theology. I, I understand it and I, I respect that and I honor that, but I'm just saying for me, and I, and I would go so far as to say, it seems factual that that just doesn't work with the Bible. There's just, yeah. it, it, you just can't approach it that way. And, and when we do, unfortunately, I think we come across pretty silly. Yeah, we really do. Well, and it just, it makes me think of, of proof texting and people that want to, you know, here's one scripture to prove this, or here's one verse to prove this. And right. I'm just lately like, so you can, you can explain the complexity of God in one sentence. Like right. I said, <laughs> right. you can take the mystery and the complexity and go because of these eight words right here, right? Like that makes no sense to me. Right. There's, there's no way that our God is that small. Right. Yeah, for sure. And so I, I, I'm, I do think that some people think deconstruction means not a Christian anymore. And there yeah. are people that deconstruct all the way out and they're, I'm an atheist, I'm an agnostic, but a lot of people, they don't want to stop being Christians. That's, that's all I know. Like, yeah. you know, the, the times when I really doubt everything there, there are seriously times when I just make a decision. I, this is what I've been doing my whole life. This is what I've been believing my whole life. Even if it's wrong, I'm just going to keep doing this until I die. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and I, and I don't walk in that mentality all the time. Like I'm not constantly being like, Oh, yeah, I don't know if any of this is true, but when I do feel that way, it used to be really scary where now it's like, well, of course I don't know. I, of course <laughs> I don't know if my beliefs are absolutely correct. And that's, that's something that will really make a Christian squirm. And I, I, it's just being dishonest. Like for me to ask someone else, Hey, what's the chances of there not being a God or this Christian faith not being true. Now, from my perspective, it, it feels like 99.999% sure that, that it's, that it's true, but we have to, we have to be able to admit there's a possibility that when we die, that's it lights out. We, because we really don't know. And right. That's so I, when you ask about mystery and, and those sorts of things, it's like, once you, once you see that kind of stuff, you just, you just can't unsee, you can't it. unsee and I, it and I can't, and I can't go back. And it's interesting because the first time this has happened, I'm, I'm not a super sensitive person when it comes to getting my feelings hurt and, and all of that. But I recently, like literally in the last week and a half for the first time, had a really heartbroken experience with wow. someone that basically without saying this exact thing is your disappointment. You really let me down. I really can't believe the things you're talking about. I really can't believe the things that you believe. And this isn't a tweet. This isn't like a person I met once or twice. This right, is someone right. that I can't sever Close ties to you. with. Yeah. This, this is a yes. person that I'm going to stay with. I'm going to figure it out. And it really just hurt my feelings because I'm like, I'm, I'm one of y'all. Like we're, right. we're, we're all we're together on the same this, team. Yeah. I can't, I can't help the, the fact that I see things a little bit differently, but what, what does that say about the American church when we take someone's belief and then say, huh, that better keep our distance. It's, it's crazy talk because Jesus and Paul, and I, you know, can give you tons of examples, but what Jesus say, the most important thing is in life. It's, it's loving God, loving others as we love ourselves. And then Paul, he's like, nothing matters except faith expressing itself through love, nothing. And so at, at the end of the day, my Lord, I, <laughs> your, your mind is open to so many things when you realize the point is love. And I think that's why we have such a, a polarized society, especially in the church. 
and the progressive crowd. So people that deconstruct, but they're still Christian, they have their own fundamentalism and that's getting pretty crazy too. This is just a different form of fundamentalism. And, and the reason why it's so easy to call that is because just like fundamentalist Christians that, that have gotten a bad name because of how judgmental they are and all that sort of thing, there was an in or out sort of deal. You're either in mm -hmm. or you're out. If, mm -hmm. if you know, there's certain things that you just can't say or believe, and you're going to be out the progressive left, same thing, same thing. Like if there's one little part that's super important to us and you don't have that belief, right. You're a, you're, not only can you not be with us, you're a danger. Yeah. Yeah. You've just <laughs> I've, basically I've gone from that. one extreme I've, to the other. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just another fundamentalism. Right. And I wish we could all just back up and be like, we don't know. Let's all seek God together. Let's yeah. all rejoice that Jesus won something. I don't exactly know what happened. I don't believe in like a penal substitution because that that's another one of those things. Once you see, you can't unsee. So you mean to tell me that like, like check, check this one out. Uh, God was so upset at himself. Oh, he was just like, man, I cannot believe I created everything. And then it, it went <laughs> like this. You know what? Screw it. I'm just going to flood everything and start all over. It was, it was my bad, but y'all are all toast. <laughs> Come on. That, uh -huh. that narrative does not work. It just doesn't. I mean, I, I don't want to follow a God that not only is like, oops, I made a mistake, but also <laughs> everybody else pays the price. <laughs> but this thought wrecks people. There are people right. right now that are listening and they're like, I'm sorry. Are you saying Noah's not real? Like the flood didn't happen or other people that I think there's so much fear of even having these conversations. Cause it's like, yeah. you know, you pull the thread and then everything unravels. Right. And, and, and what do, what do Christians expect from people like Michael Gunger who starts to express these sorts of things. And I'm, I, I, I want to say it was specifically Noah. He just said in passing, like, you know, I, I don't believe in, in the flood and all of that. And the, the, he thought the family who he was a part of for maybe a decade and a half, I mean, his heart and soul into his, his music and loving the church and all of that, those very people turn on him in an mm -hmm. instant. And then you're left wondering, what was that even all about? Like, if I just expressed an opinion for crying out loud, and then I can't even be with you guys. And then you wonder why people don't want to be a part of the church. Exactly. I was going to say, I feel like almost that's the second step of, of deconstruction where people are like, I'm thinking I'm unlearning, I'm relearning, which I think right. is super healthy. I'm with you. But then when they're finally trying to find their way back in, they do share their new beliefs or what they're learning then to be like your experience told they're wrong. They're misleading people. It's like, we're just pushing them back out again. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I, I want to interject this too, for our list, your, your listeners, just so they know my heart, I, I could be wrong about everything that I'm saying, like yes. everything that I'm very convicted about, I really am convicted. And I really do believe strongly and, and some, some of the, the beliefs that I have that I really believe strongly in are very problematic to a lot of Christians. And, and I get that, but I, I really believe. Yeah. I think it was Rachel Held Evans who said, Jesus is the thing that I continue to, uh, shoot. Now I get <laughs> what yeah, was it? Yeah. something about Jesus is the thing that I like, I'm willing to be wrong about right, right. Jesus is consistently the thing that I'm willing to be wrong about. That's what right. it was. Yeah. And so I just think about that. So what is your response? Cause as people, you know, deconstruct and reevaluate, um, I think more and more people are getting the responses. Like you got from this person in your life. What do you say, or what do you do to that? So like with, with close personal relationships, yeah, and, and the ones that you can't just break ties with. Right. Right. I, I think maybe, maybe walking them through the process and how it happened. And, 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 and a big one is not demonizing the folks who you were just like two years ago. That's what's so funny yeah. is we deconstruct, we think we get all smart. And then we say all those people that we were just like two years ago are the dummies. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, but, but you know, I, it's, um, for, for me, I, all I can say is, is look, I, 
we're enough on the same page. So, so I work at Seacoast Church, Seacoast mm-hmm. Church that they are aware of the, some of the differences that I believe in, but their lead pastor, who is a friend of mine, the, the, the stuff that's the most important, we're good. I mean, yeah. is it not, how, cra- how unfortunate is it that it's not enough that I would say, Jesus is Lord. He rose from the dead. He, 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 he won, like he won everything again. I don't know exactly how and what and why and all of that, but that's not enough. Like, yeah. that's not enough for me to say I'm a Christian. I mean, it, it seems like it's, you know, Romans 10, nine and 10 confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, but no Christians want to make it more difficult. I mean, it, how ironic that if you, if someone stops believing in hell, that that's actually, you're not a Christian anymore. Like you, you can't even have a different belief about hell. Yeah. And that (laughs) goes back to the whole systematic thing. It's like, what is our faith actually based on? Is it based on this God that we believe in, or is it based on the box that we're trying to put him in that we're convinced we know the dimensions and the parameters of what the box is? Yeah, for sure. And a, a documentary that I would highly recommend to, to folks that are, definitely like this dude is crazy and we should have never aired this episode, but uh Hellbound, it's, it's uh, I think it came out in like 2017, but there's a lot of familiar names like uh, Mark Driscoll, all these old, you know, pastors and all of that. And I think the first 25, 30 minutes, it basically walks you through the traditional views of the afterlife. And then like the, the latter 45 minutes, it's basically a lot of Christians, just like you and I, probably most of them smarter than me. I'll speak for myself, smarter than, than me. They've been studying and going at this thing for way longer than me. And they're saying, look, I mean, he, here's, here's what you have to admit when it comes to passages about the afterlife. And I'll, I'll break it down to you may not. Did you even want to talk about any of this? Yeah, I'll do it. Go. I love okay. it. Okay. I lo- here's, here's the thing. Our listeners are, are so used to, Hey, we're going to throw ideas at you. Cool. You may believe you may not, but sure. we want you to think for yourself. And so, yeah, go, yeah, let's do cool. it. So I, I could actually send you right now a, a, a screenshot of, of that documentary. And basically it has three columns of three different groups of, of scripture. One column, if you read and, and, and you take it face value, you would kind of come away with, okay, yeah, there's people separated from God forever. Maybe they're even burning forever. Then you have another column of scriptures that it really sounds like, oh, okay. So if you believe you have eternal life, your soul keeps going, which if you don't believe you it's, it's death, you're dead. It's you're gone, like an annihilation sort of, uh, viewpoint. Like it really is crazy. You think about the wages of sin is death. Oh yeah, that means alive in hell forever. No, it <laughs> says the wages of sin is death. And, and again, I understand the argument as well. Death is figurative. It's a spiritual death. I, I understand all that, but maybe it really means if you don't have this salvation, you die, lights go out. And wouldn't, I mean, I could even live with that. Like I, I would be like, God, why? Like, why? We couldn't figure this stuff out. It was hard. Why would you just send a bunch of people away? But that's a lot better than them being punished for eternal torment. Yes. Agreed. All right. So you have the annihilationism. And then the one that gets people swirly is you have, and, and, uh, here's, here's, what's a tough pill for a lot of people to swallow the column that represents a Jesus centered, universalistic salvation. Those are the clearest non-parable, non-poetic verses and a lot of theologians, some who would not ascribe to like a universal faith would say Paul, the apostle was there's no, you, you can't argue. I mean, he, he, he bent us all into disobedience so he could have mercy for us all. I mean, there's just thing after thing, after thing, after thing, maybe Paul was wrong, but it really sounds like he thought that what Jesus did was going to be applied to everyone. And, and that's, a lot of people feel like once you go, if I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for all, cause I, <laughs> I talk about this stuff on my podcast, but yeah, bring it. Yeah. I just, um, this is where I'm at. This, this is what yeah. I believe. And, and this came with, 
I accepted eternal conscious torment for the vast majority of my life. And I said, God, if this is true, if people burn forever, but you're God, I don't have a choice. I'm going to serve you. I don't know why it works this way. And I'll never understand. And I'm traumatized by the by the very thought, but I'm going to follow you if I'm convinced that you're God. And that's how I've always been. I, I got introduced to Calvinism. I remember the early on in marriage, didn't have any kids. And I have a visual of me laying on the couch, stunned, probably mouth wide open because I just took the bait of Calvinism. And I was like, wait a second. So not only do most of us burn in hell forever, but all of them never even had a choice. Yeah. And I mean, just like, just dumb founded. And, um, you know, so you, you, you get to that place. And I think the, I think the tipping point for me, when I really started getting serious about, I, I suspect that, that, that God wins this thing. And it, and, and a lot of people would say, Oh, I didn't mean anything, but Jesus said, father, forgive them mm-hmm. for they do not know what they're doing. Now, either Jesus was being cute and he just thought it would be neat for them to record that in the Bible. Like that's a neat little just throw, thing. That's, that I'm sure said. that's what he was thinking. Last or, seconds of life. Yeah. Or that represents the heart of the father. Yeah. They don't know. They can't, they don't know. And, oh man, it, it feels so good to not, I, so my aunt and not, not a blood aunt. And, and so her and my, my uncles passed away too. So I can talk pretty candidly and they had a really bad divorce and a lot of faults going both ways. And she turned to drugs and and alcohol and really never recovered, broken heart, depressed, all of that. And I remember showing up to work probably 2008 and I needed to talk to two pastors. And, and it's funny because I was expecting systematic theology and they gave me systematic theology and that's what I wanted. But my heart was breaking because I said, you mean to tell me that my uncle had a huge hand in messing up this marriage. My aunt who supposedly were all kids in God's kingdom. We're all trying to figure this out. She was in error and she turned to drugs and alcohol, but you saw her heart. She was just trying to feel better. She was just trying to get her weight rid of the pain. And you say that you care about our pain. So obviously you want to do something about it. And I was like, but she died and now she's burning in hell forever. I was like, I, I just can't wrap my mind Reconcile around this, that sort right. of God. And so once, once that hit me that Jesus said that, and then Jesus says, when you see me, you see the father. And then that this one killed me too love your enemies, but Hey, I'm God. And I don't, you love your enemies. I'll destroy them for you. It does. It just doesn't line up. Yeah. It doesn't line up. And, and I, I, I wish we could just have a more open kind my, my desire is to see Christians that are in the more progressive, uh, like, like kind of how I'm talking. And then those that are more in in the traditional spaces, I, I want us to be the church together. How do we do that? That's the million dollar question I know, but how do we bring, how do we bring the two sides together? Yeah. Well, you have, you have to, (laughs) you have to erase all these rules. Like it's, yeah. So I actually have a community that it's called the, the bear with community. And it, it is this, it is a, it is a collection of, we actually have off the top of my head, I'll mess these numbers up, but we have it. I'm pretty sure three people who are former Christians and, and think, think about this now. So I'm obviously I'm not worried about their souls, but imagine not being able to believe anymore. You're like, I want to believe God, you know what I need to believe. Please help me believe. And you just can't anymore. And so you lose it all. You lose your family. You lose your friends. You lose your church. You lose it all. Some of these people are hungry for the good part that they had. Right. You know, the, oh, my brother died. I just called my friend and small group and yeah. they just rallied around me. Yeah. Like they miss that stuff because yeah. that's real. Like that's right. real community. I, the church can do community pretty well. Some yeah. don't, but a lot of them do. And man, we, 
those those folks miss that. So we've got some gay Christians, we've got some unaffirming Christians that are very loving, and they say, "Hey, I love you. I believe you're a Christian. I just don't think I believe the same way." And 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 real quick, I don't I don't have any. Uh, who cares what I what expectations I had for people anyway? But I don't have any <laughs> expectations for gay people to be in fellowship with folks who are unaffirming. But those who can, and I know some, like I, I've got a buddy of mine who he he has stayed place, he he is he has stayed put in an evangelical church because he's like, that's my family, and I understand why they believe because I believed the same way just a few years ago. Yeah. And yeah. that's where he wants to be because he's yeah. he's loved. And all so kind of re removing the rule, it, it it really is funny. Like we churches talk and they dream about how can we reach that, you know, unbelievers, you, the, the sort of unbelievers that you want to reach, you're not going to reach because you have all these sorts of things and hoops that you have to, you make through. it too hard. Yeah. 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 And, you know, because we will for sure say everybody's welcome. Most churches would say, Hey, it come, come as you are, everyone's welcome. But then once you get to a certain place with certain things, that's when the whole in or out. And I just wish the only thing that was required to be in was saying, Hey, I, I respect y'all's belief. I may not be there with y'all, but I want to try to love people with y'all because yeah. it seems like that's what life is all about. And I, uh, again, because of my beliefs, it's a lot easier for me to say this, but I would say that that person, if they didn't have all their beliefs straight, which by the way, none of us do, exactly. but we don't have our beliefs straight and we live a life of sacrificial love, I'm, I, that person's going to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm -hmm. did, did Jesus talk about the Samaritan and say, yeah, he did all that stuff, but don't forget, he didn't believe the right way. So he's burning. Uh, the, the, I didn't tell you the rest <laughs> of the parable. He's in hell burning, but he did a good job. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no, I think, this, I think that Samaritan, I think Jesus said, well done, my good and faithful right. servant. And, and, and oh and yeah, I, now the good Samaritan sees with his own eyes, the sun has risen. Oh my right. gosh, there is hope. I, right. I wish I would have known that. And, and, uh, a, a lot of people, they take the sort of posture. Well, if you believe everybody goes to heaven, then why, what's, what's the point of telling people about God? Oh, because the gospel is even better news now, because I, I believe that there is a salvation that we need here on this earth. Like you, you can go through this earth without any sort of hope, without any sort of awareness of God. And I, I'm pretty sure that is a very lonely, tough place. Yeah. And yeah. not that Christians don't go through pain and, and other people that find contentment and, and peace and, and spirituality, but um, a lot of people do. Yeah. It would just make everything harder. I've, I've thought that multiple times when tragedy hits or, you know, globally in a community it's individuals. And I just think this is so hard. This is so difficult and so heavy. And I can't imagine going through it without the hope that's also there. Right. You know, and it's, right. it is that tension. So much of what we're talking about is the tension of holding two things. Right. I love that you brought up Jesus on the cross. I'm like still thinking about that, you know, that we don't know. Right what we're doing and how man, like I, that's going to sit with me all day. But I think too, it gives us permission to not know. And it gives us permission to be uncomfortable with yeah. the not knowing, which you keep saying, you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And I think that's what it is for a lot of people. I know that's what it is. What was for me. I had to get to the place of, I always thought an answer meant I was right. If I could yeah. explain something, if I could say, here's why, then that was really what I put my faith in. But I didn't realize it at the time. I was just like, oh, this is, you know, be ready with an answer to explain mm -hmm. to everyone. Well, this is my answer. It's this right. scripture. It's this right. theology. It's whatever. But really it is sitting in the tension, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, right. I guess, yeah. Yeah. is the place I mean you have to get to. Yeah. I mean, listen, listen to this, 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 this was a, a moment for me. So I, I was in the thick of, of traditional fundamentalist sort of beliefs and someone who 
uh, an elder of the church, someone I looked up to, and he he's in the same place where he's, you know, he's, he's, his faith hasn't changed much, but we were in small group together. And this, that, again, this guy is very traditional. And, you know, if you step out of line with theology, you know, oh, heresy, we got to talk about this. And he said, why, why isn't there a chance that after we die, we see God and we have a choice right then and there. Like there's, there's no verse that says, I mean, it, we, we do the theological gymnastics and say, yes, there is sure. every man is appointed to die and judgment or something like that. Come on. That's the right. lamest connect. Right. We're proof texting again. We're exactly. pulling one verse at a time to go. Here's these seven words explain the whole concept right. and mystery of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I lost my train of thought. What was I just talking about? Your, your guy and small group. Yeah. Yeah. And so for him to acknowledge that, uh, that's some healthy stuff. Yeah. Like that's some really healthy uh, stuff. And, and, and I do want to say one more thing about the LGBTQ community, because I do understand the unaffirming view, but I, what I wish that churches could do and I'm talking specifically about the ones that say, look, I'm not homophobic, but I, I, this is how I believe in scripture is I wish we could say, you know what, whatever we see as sin and, and being outside of, of God's will, we're all in that boat together. So why don't we just all seek God together? I believe, you, you know, and everybody's like, yeah, but, but, uh, and, and again, this is for people who, who believe that that's a sin. And I understand that, that viewpoint, but a lot of Christians would say, yeah, but I mean, they're, they're willfully voluntarily accepting that lifestyle. I'm telling you, I am not as generous as I should be. I have, uh, I have accrued, uh, a larger house. Uh, I, I have stuff. I have more than one jacket. I am not Shane Claiborne and I wish I could be, but it's, I, I could be a lot more generous and I've got four kids. I mean, I, I thought to myself before, I mean, it would be a great lesson for them. I guess we just sell everything and live in a little shack, but That'd be a pretty rough childhood too. Yeah. <laughs> but I really do believe that uh, America, that's our blind spot. We don't even realize we're just not that generous of people. I mean, especially when you look at the vast majority of, of people who call themselves Christ followers and they don't give anything to anything right. ever. Right. Well, and to your point earlier about what do we have in common and what is it really all about? You know, at Mosaic, that's what we're trying to do. We have people at Mosaic who are affirming. We have people at Mosaic who think homosexuality is a sin. We have these two very opposing beliefs coming together in that's the same awesome. church congregation. We have people who are gay at Mosaic and serving and volunteering. And like you said earlier, they've chosen to stay with us because were their family or they're okay with being uncomfortable, um, or for a variety of different reasons and at, at different conferences and things we've been asked, like, how do you do this? How do you have, you know, both sides and opposing sides. And it really is just that we're like, we, we try to make it easier. Right. We love people. We want to walk towards Jesus. So if you want to walk toward Jesus with us, we believe that you are like, you are God's child. And so right. let's go. And we don't have to have all the answers. And right. if you need all the answers, you probably want to find a different church because we're yeah. not going to say that we have them, but you have to be okay with being in the middle and being in that tension. And it's the mm -hmm. only way to bring, you know, politically both sides, everything right. together in the same family. Right. Right. And I, I'm not like a, 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 it, it'll sound like this is a, a very, academic statement. I'm not really an academic, but I think that it's important for us all to accept the fact that how we've been taught to read the Bible is relatively new. And it really hyped up big time when science started giving explanations that seemed to contradict to the, you know, with the Bible. And so basically Christians uh, response to that is, well, we, we, I don't know if they 
we care about people's souls. So we have to make sure everyone knows that everything in this is true. And so they started to have to figure out how to give an answer for everything. And, you know, obviously if this is God's word, it's, it's all correct. And we have an answer for everything. We just have to, we just have to figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. we've, we, we've got to try to, you know, figure this out and, uh, you know, doing that, you know, having that sort of approach, it's, it's, it's just, you're not going to go to a place where I, like, I, I really do believe there's a lot of folks who I was one of them. Like people would come to me for, uh, theological insight and all that stuff. There are some times where I was talking, I didn't know what I was talking about. Like, <laughs> and, and I wanted to believe that I really had, but it was pretty much one thing that one person said in one sermon or one thing that I read in a book but it's just like, I have this whole wealth of, of, of knowledge yeah. and imagine, imagine how God feels when us as humans, us dumb humans who we can't see the way God's thoughts and ways are so much higher than ours. And, and, uh, God, God would, would take like us who are all actually really seeking and, um, imagine how it, I think it breaks his heart when we're just all so motivated to get our beliefs straight and beliefs are just so important that if you don't have the same ones that we have, you're, you're out there. And God's like, y'all, I'm way bigger than all of this. Yeah, yeah. Like God forbid God's bigger than the Bible. God's bigger right. than it all. God's bigger right. than the church. God's bigger than the Pope. <laughs> God's bigger than everyone. Yeah. And Gosh, it's, I, <laughs> I think it's got to be frustrating to, to be God and to see people who we received God's love and that's what it was all about. But then we were taught, we got to, we got to line things up and, and make it a system. I think that there's an underlying vein of pride that a lot of people either don't want to see or just don't recognize. I know for myself, you know, in my unlearning and relearning over the past few years, I've had to do it in humility and yeah. I've had to lay down a lot of things and go, Hey, I used to believe this. Um, I mean, I've had conversations with people that, you know, my, my childhood best friend growing up, I remember when he told me that he was gay and I was like, well, I don't remember my exact response, but I guarantee you it wasn't loving. And I still loved him, but our relationship changed. And I've had, we've reconnected. Yay. Social media. I, I, I actually love the internet. <laughs> um, and we've been able to have conversations, but I, for myself, needed to apologize to him. I needed to explain to him and have the conversation and he was open to it. And we've since re-engaged, but I think with so many things, people just want to cling to what makes them feel better. They want to cling to what they quote unquote know. And it really does take a lot of humility to go, as you said earlier, I may be wrong here, but I'm going to look past what I thought I knew, or even what I think I know now, and just try to ask God to speak to me when I do read the Bible or speak to me in the experiences where he is speaking and stirring in our spirits and, and lay down our pride of moving forward. Even if it's away from people that, you know, were like-minded with us for so many years. Yeah. Yeah. Think, think about this. We're, we're asked to love our enemies. A lot of fundamentalists on both sides are saying, not only am I not going to do that, I'm not going to listen to people who believe differently. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tear them down if their opinion dare comes across my feet. (laughs) I'm not going to love my enemies and I'm just going, it's mind boggling. And we're going to do it in the name of Jesus because we are out here profane, you know, proclaiming to be Christians. Yeah. Jesus picked up an ear from the ground and put it like that should be our posture is, oh, you guys want to do that whole violence thing. All right. Well, let me just pick that ear and put it back because that's not what it is about. And if if if, if the cross isn't the clearest picture of how victory is won here on this earth. And I don't know what it could be. I think Brian Zahn is one of the best voices mm-hmm. when it comes to the cross. And it's, it's the, the reason why the cross works is because Jesus received all of that stuff and did not retaliate. So the, the violence stopped. 
right. stopped. He, re- you know, he received it all. And, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm actually not a pacifist. I, I love scenarios of if someone comes into my house and, you know, those sorts of messes with my kids, of course, I'll, I'll, I'll do something. Yeah. But I, I do believe that we, 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 we take it too figuratively of turn the other cheek. Like, well, I, I mean, of course that's, and no, we are actually called, I, I think we're called to a more radical lifestyle than I'm, than I'm willing to. I, I would go so far as to say, honestly, when you think of eternity and you think of how short this life is, and you think about just how glorious it's going to be throughout all eternity, I bet you God would want me if someone came into my house and had a gun, I bet you God would want me to say in the name of Jesus, you know, I, I command you in love to, to turn from your way and drop the gun. Uh, but, but, but if you don't, you know, we just want to share our love to you yeah. and, and tell you and in Jesus name, I, lights are out, I guess, if you're going to, I, I, yeah. I do think that's your life still to. has value, even though right. you're here threatening mine. Yeah. Right. I do think that's how we're supposed to operate. Joey Svensson is just not gonna, and I'll apologize yeah. to God later. Look, right. I just, I, right. I had to protect my family, God. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. But, but then as I'm saying this, I love these sorts of conversations. As I'm saying this, I also think sometimes there's the whole lesser of the, of the two evils. Like if we're actually really called to love others and I love my daughter, but I would just let someone do something because I don't want to be, a, you know, so. Right. I oh, love you mean those nuance. You think there's nuance in this? Right. Oh, could, could that really <laughs> <What>? be? <laughs> Not everything is black and white and right. one right way to do everything. Right. Mind blowing. Right. Well, tell me a little bit more about the Bear With Me community. Is this something that people can join? How do you navigate it? I mean, I love the idea, but then part of me in the back of my mind is like, oh my gosh, if people are being vulnerable and opening up, surely they're going to be hit with like, opinions and advice that they didn't weren't looking for. And yeah, talk to us about that. Yeah. Not if the people who are gathering know what they're getting into and it just couldn't be any clearer. Like if people went to uh, bearw.me, like the animal bearw.me, I mean, it just spells it out. Hey, here, here's who we are. So if someone reads that and then they still want to go in there and hammer people that don't, you know, it's, it's yeah. just not going to work out well. We'll just say it lovingly say, Hey, that's not re- what we're really about, but it's just, it's a very intentional approach of, we really do mean it when we say anyone is welcome. As long as you know, most of us are Christians and we believe in this Jesus yeah. guy. If you're fine with that, welcome aboard come on, like, you know, join us. And so we have, it's, it's a, it's a fairly, what, what I did is in 2019, I did a little experiment and I came up with, it was, I'll say curriculum, but it's more of a conversational guidance. Like I have a four week plan. I have it all written out, have the thought exercises and all of that, but it really is more of a conversational thing. It's not me teaching necessarily. There's there's little things here and there, but I, I did that. I had four people who joined to give me some constructive criticism. And then I had six people who paid a hundred bucks. Um, I, 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 I used to be in a podcast called bad Christian. So we had access to uh, a lot of, of, of people. And so I, I did this bear group experience and what happened is we all grew so close together. No yeah. one wanted to stop meeting, but it's just kind of a practical matter. If there's not something already set up, it's just going to kind of fall by the wayside. You have to be really, really intentional. And so I decided, it's like, sure, these little, these little bear groups, they can maybe make a little money and, and, you know, bring some good into this world. But I, I, it's like, I want to have a community that anyone can have access to. And then when I do these little bear group experiences, there's just a perfect little place for people to slide into. And we, you know, we met last night, we have a lot of new people. And so just, just got to know one another. And it just felt so good for people just to be able to say, I'm lost right now. I mm. do not know. And it feels so good to be able to say that and not see all of your demeanors sink and, like, and, oh, and no. give me a, you know, a, a, a yeah. look on your face. It's just such a, a beautiful thing. And I can't, I can't see it 
as any other thing than very much so what what Jesus would would like is just to that. you know so uh june the 20 june to 23rd we have like a community event where anyone is welcome and it literally is affirming and unaffirming a conversation and uh, obviously please don't come if you're like really angry and and, and bitter <laughs> about this you know please just come there are if places you're on the internet right, for you but right, this is not right, it <laughs> right uh you know please come and uh if if you're loving and and that's your aim and that's your goal and and it goes you know it, it goes both ways for sure but it's 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 one of those communities where what what i really like about it and, and i mean people can I, I would assume you'll put some of the stuff in the show notes but you know Absolutely. we have a a video and just all yeah, sorts of, of, of things like that. And what I, uh, what, what I love about this community is a lot of times you get involved in a church and there's certain expectations and I, and I get it. I've, I've been a part of church too, you know, serve and, you know, let's do this and uh, yeah. go through these classes and all that, where this community, it's like, look, this, we exist online at any point in time, pop in where, you know, people are always talking online. We, we, we meet at night once in a while. We have some times where we gather during the day. This community is in place. If you go rogue for four months, we'd love to know if you're okay, but don't mind us. Like yeah. just come back, you know, cause life gets busy. And so there's not any sort of like expectations of this is what we need. Oh, you signed, you signed up. All right. Well, here's what you need to do. <laughs> no, it's just a community that that's there. And, and there are some people that, so, so basically this, this, uh, this is the, what people would call, uh, patrons of the podcast. I just brought it all okay. together. Cause I was trying to do so much and I was trying to figure out how to put it all together. And so basically when people become a patron, a pastor with no answers podcast, they're, they're just automatically in the bear with community. Uh, but there's some oh. people, they're just fans of the podcast. They don't have time for any of that stuff and they just enjoy supporting me. But, uh, I like to say <laughs> that I like to say that my perks, like the, the Patreon perks, uh, can change your life. And I really oh, do believe awesome. that because the, the, you know, it's, it's community and, and being a part of a family. That's really cool, Joey. I love that. Yeah. And I'll link up everything in the show notes. Cool. So people can just click right over to it. All right. Last question for you, because this podcast is called becoming church. What do you think people can do to become church around them? Yeah, I think to, uh, well, I, I think in this day and age, we really have to go back to the, the, the K five of, of Christianity and just learn how to be radical in our love. Like it, it, it really and truly bothers me deeply that we want to pretend like Jesus's love was not absolutely radical. Yeah. I, it, it just bothers me. Like, please just, and I, and I don't, I don't really mean this when I say it, but you'll, you'll get, please just don't bother calling yourself a Christian. If you're not even going to try the, the most important part of what we stand for, like, just maybe don't call yourself that because it frustrates all of us because we're right. really trying to love. And then you <laughs> You're are giving on Twitter us a bad calling name. people names. Right. Just chill. <laughs> Please know, stop. Just, just stop. You know, yes. like seriously, the, the fact that people want to let go of love and call themselves a Christian. <laughs> yeah. How? Right. How? You don't right. get to do that. <laughs> right. Right. Stop it. Right. <laughs> I sort of clap at people all the time. I'm right. like, Stop it. What are you yeah, doing? Westboro Baptist. You don't have to call yourself a Christian. Do you know, I interviewed, do you know I interviewed the, uh, the head guy of Westboro, not once, but twice. I saw that on your um, podcast. I was going through some of the episodes and I saw that. That's crazy. And I That's actually, so, crazy. I, so, so it's, so people can get the quirkiness of, of my podcast at the end of the interview. I, I, uh, I wanted to put him on the spot because he's just so abrasive and angry and all that stuff. And so at the end of the interview, I asked him if he liked me, <laughs> <laughs> I said, Hey man, I'm just curious. Do you like me? Like as, as a person and, and it, I, I will tell you what's neat is no matter how vile that what those guys stand for having a conversation i i we got to see some of the human we we got to see some of the humanness and and i and it almost uh, almost don't want to say this 
but there was a connection there from just the standpoint that we are image bearers of God. And, and, and there was, and, and I will say this, and I hate Westboro Baptist. I hate their website. I hate when they go, I, I cannot stand, I don't hate them as people cannot stand their organization. But when he came on the podcast, he told this story and I was like, Good Lord, I mean, th- thank you for not making it so simple. But he basically, there was a neighbor in, in his uh, neighborhood and a, a gay guy and basically was violently attacked. It was a, a, a gay crime. The head of Westboro Baptist took this gay guy in just like the Good Samaritan, took care of him, fed him, you know, gave him shelter, ministered to him because the guy from Westboro says, well, yeah, of course we're called, we're called to love. Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> now you get it. I just want right? to say, no, you, everything you do is bad. Even behind the scenes. <laughs> right. And, and I'm please, please. I, I don't want anyone to hear me as saying, so those guys are good or anything. It's, it's disgusting. no, but you're right. Man, if it doesn't, there, it, absolutely. But if it doesn't come down to seeing the humanity of other people, seeing right. humanity of other sides, seeing Christ in every single person. Right. I mean, it is just, it changes everything, right? It changes everything. Well, Joey, thank you so much for being here today, friends. Thank you for, for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the show. So it automatically downloads and you don't miss an episode. And we talked about a lot of stuff today. So I'll link up Joey's podcasts. Is there any place else that we can find you? Um, pastor with no answers, the bear with community. And then my church that I've been a part of that Naeem was a part of for a long time. Also, they are basically wanting me to produce a Seacoast podcast. So we've already got tons of content. So now it's just releasing it. I'll tell you my favorite conversation that we're going to release. So we, I mean, we interview Lecrae. There's a, there's a couple that share their story about surviving an affair, but Maybe my favorite conversation, and I, I was with Bad Christian. I mean, I interviewed Richard Rohr, Chris Farley's brother, for crying out loud. And that was like <laughs> the best thing freaking ever. But maybe the my favorite conversation, it hasn't even been released yet, is uh, Shane Claiborne. If you don't, if people, if people don't know who Shane Claiborne is, he's, he's like a radical Jesus, sell everything, give it all to the poor for real mm-hmm. sort of approach to life. And he talks to the former COO of Seacoast Church, basically the guy that managed all the budgets and, and all that stuff. And he's a very, very swat, uh, smart, wise man who is extremely simple in his lifestyle as far as wealth that he accrues and stuff that he accrues. He's very generous, but he he's a consultant for huge businesses. And he's got really extremely insightful thoughts. on. So basically the question at hand is, can you be a Christian in God's will and accrue wealth? Shane Claiborne would say, no way, Jose. Yeah. And Jack says, of course. And it is just because Jack is kind of an older guy. Shane's kind of the younger hippie. Oh, it's just, I love it. I love it. And you it, just so. sat there going back and forth. Oh, between yeah. the two. <laughs> That's the easiest podcasting right there is when you just sit back and just let them go. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Joey, thank you so much, guys. We'll see you next time. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.